The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. It's quarter past seven and you are with SFM 104 to 107. How's it? I'm Michelle Constant and we're through with you till 10 o'clock. So some extraordinary news this week. Something that has been continued and debated and discussed over many, many, many years and decades and possibly even centuries. Finally, NASA, the National Space uh, Association, says that there is definitely water on the moon. And they're saying that there is an unambiguous detection of water molecules on the dark side. What does it mean? How does this uh, change uh, the way we think about the moon? Could people now really go and live on the moon, given that we're buggering up the Earth in the same place? On the line with us, we have Dr. Adriana Moret, theoretical physicist and technologist, also aspiring extraterrestrial. Dr. Moret, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. I couldn't help putting that in there, and I suppose I'm going to get hammered. But let's say that that would be one of the many reasons that people would go to the moon. So, Dr. Moret, just tell us, this is it's 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 a brilliantly exciting, fascinating story this. They've always said that there was no water on the moon, certainly not on Mars, and now they're saying mm, maybe on the dark side we actually are seeing something. Well, so in fact NASA's drumming up a, a marketing campaign for their <laughs> Artemis project where they hope to send the first woman and the next men to the moon in 2024. So to put that in context, we've actually known that there's water on the moon since the 70s when the Russian Soviets landed there and detected evidence of water in small amounts. Then we've also had the Indian mission um, a couple of years ago also detecting water on the moon. So what we've seen now in this recent flurry of, of news pieces coming out is that there's in fact water on the sunny side of the moon, which is oh. surprising because before it was thought that this water would be limited to craters and yeah. shadowed areas which were not in the presence of the sun. So we can conclusively say now there is water on, on sort of the sunny side, the far side, inside the craters, small amounts. So we're talking 100 times less than the Sahara Desert. So um, it's not an oasis up there, <laughs> um, but uh, even small amounts of water is going to be critical for, as you can imagine, all sorts of processes um, from rocket fuel, from the hydrogen in water to oxygen provision from the oxygen in water, all the way through, of course, to the drinking by, by people potentially living on the moon, um, agriculture. We saw China put a rover on the far side of the moon last year, yeah. and they were testing crop growth in small con- greenhouse containers. So, of of course, we know there's a wide application of water that life, as we know, it cannot exist without water. So we are getting close to hopefully establishing a, a human presence on the moon for, for research and uh, also for commercial activities, as we're now hearing, which is a bit of a controversial topic. Of course, that's exactly. So, Dr. Maru, when we say there's water on the moon, what do we mean? In what format is it? Is it, is it, um, is it ice? Is it, what is it? Is it snow? What is it? So it can be trapped in in other minerals um, within the surface, so it's not going to be liquid. Uh, It's too cold up there and the pressure is very low, so it's going to be trapped in some kind of of ice form with other other compounds present, Um, but it can be extracted. So uh, this is a similar conversation to how people would live on Mars, whereby you would heat the the substances in which the water is is trapped. Um, You can condense the water then and then store it in liquid form at the correct temperature and pressure for it to be 
in liquid form. So right now we're talking about trace amounts, so very small amounts in terms of parts per million of this precious H2O molecule, which can be extracted as a resource. So, you know, they always say there might be a plan B, but there isn't a planet B and that we should really look after Earth. Do you not think that this may start to see a conversation quite different where people start to say, well, you know, it doesn't matter what we do with Earth because maybe we're just going to go and live on the moon? Well, living on the moon won't be, um, uh, I think, the kind of place people would move to from Earth anytime soon. Um, the moon is, in fact, subject to the same kind of risks in terms of uh, asteroids or solar activity that the Earth is. Yeah. So um, perhaps for, for research, certainly for tourism, perhaps this could be an attractive place to go. But certainly there's no place like home in terms of being able to breathe the air, the lush ecosystem and all of the other creatures that we inhabit to this Earth with. You know, there's no planet like Earth in the solar system. Um, the motivation for exploring beyond Earth um, is that we need to learn resource management from my perspective. Yes. Um, if we think about the kinds of water management systems that we will need to implement on the surface of Mars, more exciting than the moon from my perspective, yeah. um, or, or on the moon, um, we need. We see that we need to up our game, and water security is, is a huge crisis already. I don't need to convince people in Cape Town. Also, this winter yeah. we've had a lack of rainfall in some areas. South Africa is pitched to become, is predicted to become more water scarce as as the climate change that we're in the midst of uh, proceeds. So we've got to up our game in terms of managing our water better. Yeah. So part of the activities that uh, I'm involved in with Proudly Human that I founded last year will be to send a group of people to live in the dry oldest desert of the planet Earth, which is the Namibian desert. That's right. Um, yeah. And there we will we will uh, implement the kinds of wastewater management and water conservation strategies that will be crucial when you're off-world and water is a much more scarce resource than we got used to here on Earth. Um, so, you know, whether we are living in an overcrowded city or an informal settlement or a base on the moon or a base on Mars, water is absolutely critical and we have to use technology to manage this precious resource better, you know, whatever planet we're on. You know, Dr. Murray, it's and we do have to unfortunately go to the break, but uh, I was reading a really interesting thing around how we might have refugees who are refugees and migrants because of um, war and that kind of thing now, but they reckon that within 20 years uh, we will be seeing an, a huge increase in uh, water migrants and water refugees around the world.